Don't check your dial, folks. You didn't tune into Transylvania's public access station. No, sir. Tonight is Halloween. Hey, what's up? It's Teflon Dave. You're listening to The Dummy Room, and happy Halloween from Horror Section. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. thing by yourself. You're a spastic nerve bag all the time. You guys are not that dumb. Hey, what's up guys? Hope everybody's doing good. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Dummy Room episode 129. It's just about Halloween, so happy Halloween everybody. This is a little Halloween special. Thanks of course to Teflon Dave from Horror Section for the little Halloween greeting you heard. As if Halloween wasn't enough reason to play a uh, little Horror Section Let's do some let's do some classic horror section. How about homecoming? everyone tuned in and enjoyed T1 Fest this past weekend. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, of course, it's too bad they couldn't do live music, but it was uh, they did what they could. 
and it turned out well. Anyways, I did some auctions in the dummy room, um, and thanks to everyone who 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 bought stuff and donated. Um, all the people that donated the actual records, uh, I got to thank Paul Number One and Boris the Sprinkler, Dougie in the Pots, Cheeto in the Queers, Phil Hill, Kepi Gooley, uh, who else? Bill Lindquist from um, Siren Records in McHenry, Illinois. Uh, I've never been there. I, I, when when I can, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna spend some money. I want to see that 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 fucking like Lillington's Wall or Lillington's Shrine you got. Anyways, um, looking forward to that. And of course, um, the guys from Cap Gun Heroes and T1 Fest for all that they do, all they donated, and uh, putting on a good good show. So, anyways, next year hopefully you guys can do this shit live. But if you can't, you can't. This was uh, it was it was a good time. So, anyways, thanks, dudes. And uh, Cap Gun Heroes records coming out soon. <laughs> Anyways, we got Jason V coming up uh, for this episode. Jason V, one of my favorites. You know how it's going to be. Um, he's, he's, he sent me a list of his uh, his favorite horror movies and um, top 11 horror movies, I think. And uh, yeah, I watched, I watched a bunch of them, not all of them. Um, good stuff. Anyways, we're going to talk about that. We got new Jason's music to play. We got Black Russians to play. What else? What else is going on? Um, it's Halloween, so if you're going out, um, you know, be safe, wear a mask, and uh, yeah, just take care. Of course, thanks for all the comments, thanks for all the likes, thanks for all the shares, and uh, yeah, hit me up, let me know what you think. Anyway, here we go, Jason V from the Jasons. Coming up next, we got a guest, we got a guest. Coming up next, coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest coming up next. All right, here we are with Jason V. How you doing, dude? Yo, what's going on, man? It's about time you had the fucking Jasons back on your podcast. Where you been? I've been right here, dude. I've been waiting for Halloween to have you back on. This is the this is the Halloween special, and it wouldn't be very special without a fucking Jason. I, obviously, I mean, I mean, when you think about Halloween, who's the number one slash you think of besides Michael Myers? Uh, Freddy Krueger. Jason fucking Voorhees, right? <laughs> <laughs> so fuck yeah, man! Happy Halloween! You're in the top three. Have to be in the top three. So I got, I got, uh, I, I got a list from you. I got your favorite Halloween movies, at least of this year, or what you were thinking last week. What, what were your favorites of all time? Where we'll, we'll get into those. But um, and that's that was a fun list, dude. Um, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big horror movie guy. I love them, but I get. I'm kind of a puss. I'll, that's I'll just be honest. You know, I'm kind of a puss when it comes to horror movies. So, uh, yeah. But I did watch. I didn't watch them all because I couldn't find them all. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, first up, I want to I want to ask you a couple questions about Halloween, dude. All right, let's do it. You love Halloween? Uh, you know, what? I'm talking the season, not the movie. No, the the movie's all right. Um, I can't say that I love Halloween <laughs> so much. <clears throat> um, I definitely prefer the fall because it's fucking leather jacket weather, obviously. Um, and, you know, I- I'll say we spent a lot of time in the horror punk scene, right? So um, we ended up there like de facto or whatever. Like it was kind of like, oh, these guys wear hockey masks, so they must be a horror punk band. But you've heard our music. We're not necessarily a horror punk band we don't play misfits covers and stuff so uh there's a part of me that's sick of (laughs) halloween i'll be honest about that where it's like i don't want to see a fucking pumpkin spice uh i don't want to you know i don't want to be spoopy i don't want to have a pumpkin uh a pumpkin you know candy corn and uh, it's not me being bitter but it's almost like 
<clears throat> maybe I've just had like a little too much, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't say I love Halloween. Um, I would say probably if I'm going to choose uh, my favorite, uh, you know, holiday, it's probably Valentine's Day because then I get to jack off uh, in like I put out my silk sheets and I just make it real special for myself and my mistress. And my, my mistress is me, by the way. So like I'll take my mistress out on a date. I'll take myself out and get myself something nice and then I'll treat myself. So uh, probably I would say Halloween's on the bottom of my list, unfortunately. But they, so why not have me on the Halloween episode, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, I guess I'll have you back in uh, in February. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, as a kid, can you tell me if you ever had a, any uh, cool Halloweens, Halloween costumes, or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, now, if definitely, uh, I like obviously dressing up in in various costumes. When I was a little kid, uh, you know, growing up uh, in somewhat of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a slum, but I would definitely call it, you know not really one of the most nicest neighborhoods and we didn't have a whole lot of money obviously um because if i had i wouldn't have went to that shitty ass summer camp that didn't supervise but uh what (laughs) you know so for me like all i ever wanted this is going to be the most fucking weirdest answer coming from me but all i ever wanted as a kid is i wanted a freddy krueger costume for halloween and uh so i fucking saved up and was like fucking begging my parent. Uh, I say parent because you know my situation. Um, so I, I was fucking begging, begging, begging. I get the Freddy mask. I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm probably eight years old. I put the mask on. It's too fucking big. You've seen a little kid put the mask on. It shakes around. And then for whatever reason, mm-hmm. cause I had never seen Freddy. I had never seen, uh, you know, I've seen Freddy, but I'd never seen the movies. So I had it in my head that he had two gloves. Now, Freddie has one glove, obviously, but as a child, I was like, no, Freddie has two gloves. I need two gloves. Well, guess what? You know, we can't afford the glove. So I, I duct taped, uh, straws like drinking straws to my fingers (laughs) on both hands. And then I, my mom, she had these like women's furry, like they almost looked like something Santa Claus would wear. They were leather boots with fur around the top. And in my mind, I thought, yeah, that's probably what Freddie wears. Uh, and my mask, it had like a spongy, like shitty fucking hat. And so I lost that immediately. It's gone. I don't know where it is. So Halloween night, my friends are running around the hood with me. I've got straws on my hands. I can't carry my bag. I've got my mom's two big boots on and a mask I can't see out of. I'm running around. I fell down a hundred times. I skinned my knees. It was a bad time. It was a bad time. But I got to be Freddie, and halfway through my trick-or-treating experience, I looked down the street. You know what I saw, Nate? You know what I saw down at the other end of the street? Uh, I saw another kid dressed like Freddie. But this kid... Looked like Freddie. He looked like Freddie. He didn't look like a bald burn victim with drinking straws on his hand. He had the cool (laughs) glove. He had the sweater. Because, by the way, obviously, I was wearing a purple tank top. So that's what I had. Uh, he's wearing the sweater. He's got the glove. His hat's not flying around. And I, if I really, you know, if I really psychoanalyze myself and go back in time, that's probably when I decided that I fucking hated Freddie and Jason was the guy. So that was my Halloween costume, man. Wow. 
Freddy Krueger. I, I guess I never would have thought that you were Freddy ever. Um, I mean, this I was... is like a, like an episode of Oprah where I tell my deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets. I wouldn't normally tell anybody that it ruined my street cred, but I mean, that's the truth right there. I'll be Oprah. That's fine. <laughs> I, I appreciate you opening it up today for us. It means a lot. Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, we've been on enough times that I feel like, you know, I'm a little bit more comfortable with telling you my deepest, darkest secrets. I may shed a tear here and there. You never know. <laughs> Last time you were on, 3D was with you. What's What's he been up to? Oh, man. So uh, you, we've got a lot of stuff going on right now. This is like, uh, it's busy by virtue of being, you know, quarantine time. So uh, we've got a bunch of like splits coming out. We've got some other projects that we're working on. Um, and as I was telling you before the show starts, 3D um, is very territorial with regards to artwork and promotion. Like, that's his role in the band, among others. You know, he's uh, the booking agent. He's the he runs the tours when we're uh, traveling, and I need to parallel park. I get out of the van. He does that, um, and he does the art. So um, he's very territorial. But this is a time of year where we've got so many projects. You know, you put out a split, right? So, well, we need the cover, we need the back, we need the inside. We're also doing a CD. We need that version. We need a T-shirt. You know, we need this. We need the hype sticker. So, he's just pot. That shit's just piled on 3D. So he's at home probably right now, fucking balls deep in Photoshop, working on that stuff. Um, I asked him because I feel bad. You know, I I can't do that stuff. Like I'm not a Photoshop. I'm not an artist. So I messaged him the other day and I was like, yo, man, how's it going? Uh, by the way, we need this promo thing. I just don't want you to forget. I'm not fucking trying to micromanage you or whatever. You know, <laughs> um, he's way more organized than I am. And he just sent me a text and it said, I fucking hate splits. I'm never doing one again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, I said, uh, so there's been these talks and I still started to fill them in with a whole nother thing. And he's like, okay, well, fuck you. I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So the splits you're talking about, we got Jason's, uh, with the queers and we got Jason's with, uh, the black Russians. Yeah, man. Very, very exciting time. Yes. Um, so uh, you got to this year marks. The f I saw your video dude. And, and that queer split went from a seven inch to the big, big old 10 inch pretty quick. What happened there? Uh, so the honest truth about that is um, we initially we went down to record with Joe Queer and uh, the idea was we're going to do a split. Um, like I've, I've told this to a few other people, Joe Queer said to us one day like, yo, you know, you guys are great. We played a show together. He said, Let's do a split. And uh, in my mind, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that's like sort of like the language that a lot of bands speak when they want to show admiration. Like if I play with a band and I like this <laughs> band, I'd say, yo, man, good show. Like we should do a split. That means I liked your stuff, you know? Well, I don't think Joe Queer realized how fucking relentless the Jasons were because when he said that, that night, me and 3D started the planning and we were like, <laughs> all right, Joe, we've got it figured out. Let's get it done. And he was like, oh, fuck. Well, who the fuck are these okay. guys? Okay, and we were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were on it. So he was like, well, I want us to record in the same spot, um, so come down to me. Can you get down to me? Of course, Joe Queer, we can get down to you no matter what. So we stayed with Joe, and uh, he recorded us, and the initial idea was we were going to record two songs. Um, and he was going to record two songs, and he said, what songs do you want us to record? We said, fucking 
shit from our favorite record. Believe it or not, we're a huge Back to the Basements fan because it's got Tit Fuck on it and Gigi. I knew Gigi when he was a wimp. So we were going to do two. He was going to do two. And since he was doing old songs, we thought, well, we'll resurrect a couple songs from our first record, the self-titled, because it's all right. But, you know, they, they could use an update with our new lineup. So on the way down, we were all hyped, man, because we were basically writing, almost done writing uh, our, our last record, Blood in the Streets. And so we thought, you know what, let's just see if Joe will let us do a couple more because we really want to play Red Blooded, which at that point on the drive down, the lyrics weren't finished. But it was like, well, we'll get down there. We'll fucking finish the lyrics. No fucking problem. I'll sit on Joe's toilet and finish the lyrics, which is what I did. <laughs> um, and uh and Joe also, by the way, his bathroom has uh, uh, peanuts, you know, like uh, Charlie Brown and stuff, wallpaper. So anyway, really? uh, we, ended, yeah, yeah. Snoopy, uh, Charlie Brown. Like the whole cool fucking bathroom is peanuts? Uh, uh, we just like, there's just got like the wallpaper. It's, it's not like peanuts themed, but the wallpaper has, is like peanuts wallpaper in his downstairs bathroom. And I, I definitely sat on that toilet and looked up there at Snoopy and said like, Give me your fucking power, Snoopy. I got to write lyrics to a hair metal song. Matching uh, and, matching uh, shower curtain? No, no. no. I, I don't think Joe was that – like I think he was probably just like, yeah, that's cool. We'll put that in there. But it wasn't like a <laughs> – it wasn't like the total set. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, But I will, I will tell you like the one thing that when it comes to Joe Queer's house that you can count on if you go there is fucking – there is coffee. There will always be fucking coffee. But uh, – <laughs> So anyways, what happened was, sorry, this is the long way around. Uh, you should be used to this now, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. We recorded um, four songs. And so when we started uh, working with Pro Rock Records, that's the record label that uh, Joe set up um, to, to put the record out, um, we, the queers had added a song. And uh, we were like, well, we're not going to be the two-song man on a three-song uh, split so we'll put one of our songs because we did four we'll put a third one on too sweet so um we that was the that was the, the the case three songs on each side right so we announced it and uh it was fucking selling out you know it was fucking like the sales were good we we recognized that of course and uh it wasn't a financially motivated decision to add but what happened was uh kenny from pro rock was like, hey man, like we got a problem. Like uh, your song, because we wanted to put Red Blooded American Punk Rock on there. He's like, your song's too long. Like we can't fit that on a seven. And he, and I, this is when I knew I was glad to be working with this dude. He's like, I don't want to give people less. Like he's like, that would suck to take one of the songs off. So he's like, our other option, I guess, is do like a 10 inch. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do the 10 inch, but let's add all the other songs. So the queers then recorded one, another one, and we added all four, which means that 10 inch record has everything we did with Joe in those two days, which is cool. It's like a document nice. of our trip down there. Um, and, uh, at, you know, it was just like, he was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, he was game to do the 10 inch. And of course we wanted to do it so that we could say that every other band had less inches than us. I mean, obviously. <laughs> so it just worked out, man. It worked out in our favor. And, uh, the only 10 inch that I own is that stupid Gary glitter 10 inch. I don't even know how I ended up with that. The one I had in our video and I own the McCracken's uh, van crash 10 inch, which is one of my favorite 10 inch records. Well, that's, that's my only one besides, you know, 
Yeah, you own the uh, the ten inch uh, dildo. I do own the ten inch dildo. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's not a that's not something that I, I when you have a a ten inch dildo, it's, it's not, not something, something you advertise. You use once. Well, no, I was just gonna say <laughs> it's not something that goes to waste. So it's like you know, I'll buy this for the video, but at the same time, I can use it whenever I want. You know. Yeah. I mean, and you really could kill a motherfucker with that thing. I, when you hold that in your hand, it's like holding a medieval <laughs> fucking weapon in your hand. You could kill somebody with that dildo. How, how many times have you uh, slapped 3D with that thing? You know, I haven't slapped him at all with it, but <laughs> he has a pocket pussy that we used uh, for the cover of Get Fucked, for like the inside cover. Maybe it was just for promo. And he has fucking slingshotted me with it. He's smacked me in the fucking face with it. Um, I've been assaulted with a pocket pussy so many more times than 3D has been hit with the <laughs> dildo. And that's going to change, actually, Nate. Now that you mentioned that, I'm going to hit that motherfucker with this the balls of this dildo next time I see him. <sighs> Sorry, 3D. <laughs> All right, how about the... Uh... How about the Black Russians, dude? I gotta tell you, uh, I get these songs for the split, right? I, I'm I'm good friends with John from Mom's Basement. Great guy, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Same he, same deal. Another uh, another record label who meeting John gave me faith in record labels because you know we're people have said we're anti record label, and uh, I think that's misconstrued. We are just proud of doing shit ourselves. We don't go. need a label. But when you meet somebody who's a legit person, and I put Kenny at Pro Rock and John in the same boat, I mean, like, solid guy. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, he sends me the songs, and, uh, like, I'm supposed to play them all, right? I'm supposed to play the Black Russians on a, on a fucking Jason V episode. I know you guys are yeah. like have this feud. I'm not going to play this fucking song. That's what I figured, right? I'm not going to play this song. for John's a good friend, yeah, but right. fuck that. It's a Jason V's episode. But then, uh, dude, I got a voicemail. The other, I get this call, this weird number, like too many digits. And then uh, I get a yeah, voicemail. Yeah, yeah. It's from the Black Russians. And they basically want me to play the song. They want to invade the dummy room. And oh, uh, okay, was it was it like Russian bots? Is it Russian bots or is it the actual Black Russians? Because you can't trust any of them. I don't know who it is, honestly, but it's they want me to play the song. Apparently, I don't. I don't want to fall victim to some weird, evil, secret surveillance and shit. So, uh, do you mind if I actually play the song? Yeah, I want you to play it because uh, I need to hear what the fuck's going on on the other end of this fucking battle. As a matter of fact, so go uh, ahead, go ahead. Here, here we go. It's, it's called Invasion USA.
There you go, man. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, number one, I recognize that voice uh, because, you know, in the uh, in the creation of this seven inch split that we're doing with mom's basement, the Black Russians, Jason split, there's a level of like, uh, I guess you could call it like I, w- I don't want to call it peace talks, but I'll say negotiations. And so we've actually had to uh, virtually because obviously we're not from the same area sit across from uh the black russians in some zoom meetings so i recognize that voice as being whoever the actual black whatever his real name is fucking sergey whatever but he goes by the the name of black russian 666 because apparently there's that many i don't know but uh yeah i've known that dude um i recognize that voice and uh i mean it's a document of you know people can look back on this episode and obviously he's initiating the cold war so when we annihilate the black russians eventually um you know there'll be record that they started it but you know in in terms of the record i mean we wouldn't even do a split uh with the black russians if it wasn't for the fact that there's a level of like mutual respect they want to destroy the united states and uh, we've been trying to do that from within for a long time, but we have bigger plans. We want to destroy the world. So if nothing else, maybe one day Black Russian 666 and myself can sit in the rubble and fucking uh, talk about black metal. Because that if there's one place where we really connected, it was that. And, um, you know, I mean... I'll also say this: I like their fucking music too. So I, I was just going to say, mean, is it is it more? You know, it's there's mutual respect there. But how do you feel about the song? Because actually, I, I kind of like the song. It's pretty good. I don't, I don't want to say anything in front of you, but yeah, yeah now well, you now you know. No, I mean it's it's. I mean, obviously, like so. Uh, you know, last year that it, I guess that's when it came. Whenever the fuck that record came out, <laughs> "Death by Communism." Yeah, last year. Um, that was my favorite record of that year. And I mean, like I, I posted that, so I can't go back and say that it's, you know, now that we're fighting, I, you know, we've, we've chosen to fight like gentlemen, but, uh, in all reality, like no, no record that year spoke to me as being like, yo, this is exactly what I want. A, because it was Lillington's worship B because it didn't sound like a clone of the Lillington's. And uh, there's metal sensibilities in there, and I'm a big metal head, and obviously the Black Russians are too. So, um, you know, we wouldn't go to war with a band that we felt was inferior. If the Jasons are one thing, we're not fucking bullies. We find a worthy adversary to test our fucking metal against. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the Black Russians, for you know, despite the fact that they're communist bastards. Um, there's also a level of respect there. So I, if nothing else, I'd like to, you know, who knows, man, in a different world, we might, we might uh, do a collaboration or something someday. Who knows? Uh, I think just you saying that uh, the black Russians can, uh, can hang with the Jasons is that's the ultimate compliment, man. Cause the Jasons are, uh, dude, Jasons are a fucking great band. Yeah. We try, man. I mean, like, you know, uh, I I think uh, one thing that's really important to the Jasons, for me, for 3D, for everybody, is like we don't get involved in scene politics, which means if the Jasons are supporting a band, like if we share a band or say we like a band, it doesn't have anything to do with like we like them as people, we think they're nice guys. Like if I liked 
you know, black, if I thought black Russian six, six, six was a good dude and we like the same music and, you know, the same pornography or whatever, that doesn't mean I'm sharing his band if it sucks. So if we're going to put our name on a record with another band, it's not because some label wants us to, it's not because we want to do somebody a favor. It's because we think they're like, they're worthy to, to be part of. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that's, that says it all, you know, we're going to kill them. We have to, because, you know, we got to kill a commie for mommy, but, uh, it's a shame because they, they make good music. So let me ask you this. Um, I hear some, uh, some demos from a band, right? And, yep. uh, sounds an awful lot like you. It sounds like the Jasons. So, so I get accused of being in the Renfields. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I'm not talking about the Renfields. I'm talking about something new that I heard. Uh, okay. No, not at all. What's who's the uh, who's the band? They're called the the Von Ericks. Mm-hmm. And I, I, dude, I'll tell you, it sounds a lot like you, but they're kind of uh, I don't know. I don't want to say they're Jason's uh, Jason's lightweights, but. I don't know, oh, dude. Wait, uh, we got to figure out who these guys are. They may not be lightweights. They may still be. They may be the heavyweight champs. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It sounds a little bit like you guys. That's all I'm saying. Actually, uh, that song's pretty fucking good, dude. Uh, it's definitely. Uh, it's. It's. Uh, oof, I don't know. I don't want to say it, but really competes with a lot of the Jason stuff. Okay. Well, I doubt that. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we. Yeah. Sure. Play it. Let's. Uh, let's listen. You want to know the name of the song? Name of the song is called Ghetto Blaster. There you go, man. Ghetto Blaster. Sounds nothing like us. Next question. <laughs> uh, should we get right to the horror movies, dude? I've been waiting to talk to you about <laughs> these fucking movies, man. Yeah, man. I uh, you you asked me about my like top ten, and uh, I wanted 
to uh, give a list that wasn't like your stereotypical stuff. And initially, I had a totally different list. This is the truth. Uh, I had a list. And it was going to be Jason V's top 10 Halloween viewing musts. And there was like, uh, there was a lot of porno on there. There was a tickle porno on there. There was some weird like internet videos of people like, you know, falling down and breaking shit. But then I was like, you know, uh-huh. rather than sending the dummy room people, if they want to do a watch along or something, <laughs> I just went with like lesser known unsung horror movie some of them people probably know about but these are the ones that i may not put in my top 10 although two of them are but like they're not like freddie jason michael myers leatherface the conjuring all that stuff i left it out this is stuff you may not have heard of so and i wanted to give you something fun to watch you know yeah i i will tell you i i did not watch them all i could not find them all i i had limited time yeah. uh but i'd only seen one of these movies before oh uh, how do you yeah. want to you want to start with the ones that I didn't watch? Yeah, sure. I can give a brief synopsis and then we'll talk about the ones you watch. Let's do that. Okay. So let's start. I'll just tell you uh, I didn't watch Hell's Ground. You are my bird. You are my I live Okay. Yeah. Um I I figured that one might be a little tough. So there's another movie um and I don't speak German, right? It's called Blue Trosh. I'm sure I'm just fucking that up, but it means bloodlust <laughs> or blood intoxication. And I love this movie forever, forever, right? It's a German splatter film. And I'm not, I'm not talking about Hell's Ground. I'm talking about Blue Trosh, uh, whatever, however you pronounce it. I love this movie, but it's only in German. And it's this weird, it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's in Germany and there's a weird old lady. And I always loved it. But my problem was I own it. It's a splatter film. I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but I still enjoy it, right? Right. Then this company called Danger After Dark Pictures comes out, and it's fairly – like you can order from them. It's not like obscure. It's U.S. region, but it's a little hard to find. They put out this movie called Hell's Ground, a.k.a. Zabahana, which is the first Pakistani splatter film. And it it took the place of this movie Blue Trash or whatever the fuck it's called as – my favorite, like, it's like the Texas Chainsaw, but not. So the synopsis is this was the first splatter movie made in Pakistan. It's very gory. It's very bloody. If you took Lucio Fulci's zombie, you know, the slow, weird Italian zombie shit, and you mix that with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but instead of Leatherface, it's a man wearing a burqa, and instead of a chainsaw, it's a medieval chain mace. Ah. And uh, it it's very fucking weird, and there's a lot of interesting shit. Like, I don't know a lot about Pakistan, obviously. I'm an American slasher, but I know that there's a lot of like classism over there, right? So there's a there's an element of that too, like with the teenagers that are going out to get splatted by this crazy motherfucker wearing a burqa. Um, there's a lot of stuff about class, and I just I think it's one of the coolest like. I like slasher films. I like ex- exploitation. It has elements of all of that. And there's nothing more striking than a giant, like six foot tall man in a, in a woman's clothing in a burqa facial covering, swinging a medieval chain mace. It's just so weird, man. And, uh, 
if if you're listening and you like splatter movies or slasher movies, it's worth checking out. It's just very fucking strange. So I'm sad you didn't get to watch it. If you want me to send it to you, I will send you a copy. You can borrow it and send it back whenever. Uh, I'll take it. I did watch the trailer for it. That's all I could find. And the first thing I thought was this is this is a uh, Pakistan uh, chainsaw massacre. I mean, it, even the van. It, yeah. it's just that's what I thought of. So. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. They recreate the shots even at some point, but it's like you cool. know, it's great homage. Uh, I did not watch Adam Chaplin. Yeah, I'm I'm sad you didn't watch that one because, and I know it's a little bit hard to find too. Um, but I remember, if I remember correctly, the last time I was on here, I was talking about Adam Chaplin and. Uh, it is, uh, I think it may forever be one of my, my favorite, like, unknown horror genre films, because there's nothing like it. If, did you watch the trailer for Adam Chaplin? I did, yes. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, if I'm going to do the quick description, if you imagine that Kenny G <laughs> uh, got muscular and had a six-pack but kept the hair and made a pact with the devil who lives in his left shoulder... And gave him super strength. Uh, all you need to know about, um, if you're listening and you want to check out Adam Chaplin, is that there's a scene in this movie where Adam Chaplin, the main character, uh, sticks a, a pole up a man's ass, right? And that man is alive, but he's also on fire. And then Adam Chaplin runs into battle with a bunch of riot police with a screaming man on fire with a on a pole Ooh. as his flag i mean it's it's it, more gory than any film you've ever seen it's more absurd than like adam chaplin is like punching people in the head and their heads are exploding it's from a company called necro storm the director's name is uh emmanuel desanti he's a he's just it's the dude who plays adam chaplin who looks like kenny g there is no movie like this. You need to see it. It's like, I don't dig anime. I never watch anime, but I know enough about anime to know that this is like if Fist of the North Star was real. It's that kind of shit. So, amazing movie. Scarier than Kenny G, I bet. Uh, maybe not. All right, uh, I did not get to Dear God, No. Warning. Due to the shocking images contained within this motion picture, sissies and individuals with heart conditions will not be allowed to attend screenings of Dear God, No. Okay, uh, Dear God, No is like a little masterpiece. It's Again, it's a little bit hard to find. Yeah. Directed by this dude called James Bickert, uh, and I think he has like a Dear God, No website. He also did a sequel called Frankenstein Created Bikers. But it's a it's a very very gritty, um, unapologetic exploitation film. If you have problems with extreme, like real sensitive, like if you, if you have a problem watching something like uh, I Spit on Your Grave, A Last House on the Left, this movie's not for you. But if you liked I Spit on Your Grave and Last House on the Left, but wish Bigfoot was involved, then this movie is. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Uh, I, I, I had seen this movie, but I, I haven't seen it in 20 years, I bet at least. Zombie 2. Ahoy there! This is the Harbor Patrol. 
Oh, 20 years is way too long to go without watching Zombie 2, man. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't seen it forever, so um, I don't even remember anything about it, but I know I'd seen it. Yeah, so that's that's my favorite movie of all time. If I uh, Outside, you know, in terms of horror films, that's my favorite horror film of all time. It's, uh, it, I, so I'm not, a, I, I'm a collector of things, uh, in some ways, but this movie, I own like 29 copies of this movie in different variants. Uh, I'm that crazy about it. It's, uh, it's the greatest zombie film of all time is directed by Lucio Fulci who knows how to do gore. It was made as a ripoff of Dawn of the dead. So that's why it's called zombie two. Um, because in Italy where Lucio Fulci is from, uh, Dawn of the dead was called zombie with an eye. So this is a, this film is, uh, famous for uh, the cover, which was on Wizard Home Video back in the day, in the VHS days, with a big ugly zombie with a worm in its eye that says, we are going to eat you. It's also famous because there's a scene where a zombie fights a shark, and the shark is real. Um, it's it's a masterpiece. It's, it's full of gore. It's got a, a chick in it with a giant bush, and I like that because I grew up in the 80s. Um... <laughs> As There's I. just so much, so much to like about this movie, man. I it's if you haven't seen this movie, like it's uh, it's a must watch. It really is. It's I mean, I love Italian horror cinema. I love gore films. It's got every bit of that. It has one of the great soundtracks of all time. Um, I mean, just iconic fucking soundtrack uh, or score. So, you know, I guess I should say. But um, yeah, dude, it's masterful and you can jack off to it. And so, I mean, and actually all of these movies, I also, that's one of my criteria too. Can you jack off to it? Adam Chaplin, you got a Kenny G muscular <laughs> guy. You tell me you can't jack off to that. No problem. Easy. Um, this movie, giant bush. So there you go. But yeah, zombie versus shark, man. They brought in a fucking shark trainer. I, is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know um, either. It's a masterpiece. It's just a fucking masterpiece. And um, I mean, if you haven't seen it and you're listening, it's just... You'll, you, there's no other movie like it. All right. Uh, the last one that I did not watch, honestly, I, I don't even know how to say it. Anthropophagus. Oh, it's uh, Anthropophagus. Okay. Um, so this is, on, this is on my top 10 list because um, it's really like tied to when I was younger. Like I was a video store rat. Like I just hung out there all the time. And uh, even when I didn't have money, like I said, we kind of lived in, uh you know like ghetto. a there was like yeah kind of and i would walk <laughs> down to the shitty little ghetto store and uh hang out at the vhs section and uh just looking at all these covers and there was always this movie called the grim reaper and uh the cover was like nightmarish you know and uh so when i finally rented it it was the american version of yet another italian movie 
by this director, Joe D'Amato, and it's called Anthropophagus. And um, I'm, there's going to be a quick spoiler alert here, but I'll say it's like it's one of the most atmospheric films. Uh, it's it's gory, but not excessively gory all over. There's some really gross, gory scenes, but it's about a man who gets shipwrecked with his son out on a raft. And they're drinking salt water and he's bake. They're baking in the sun as they try to find an island when they're drinking salt water and he's getting sun poisoning and, and he goes crazy and he kills and eats his son. And, uh, then he, he, he floats over to this, this island and he just, he's insane. And he goes through the entire island killing and eating everyone. And so when we see this film, that's already happened and this group of people go to that island and it's just corpses and death and destruction and the grim reaper aka the anthropophagus who is uh just a a, a balding scary burnt man and uh the most famous scene here's where you want to skip a few seconds because this is the big payoff two big payoffs there's a scene where he cuts a baby out of a woman and eats it and there's also a scene in the end when they slit his stomach and his guts fall out and he falls down to his knees and picks his guts up and he just starts eating them. So, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> incredible, like amazing, gory exploitation, uh, again, fantastic soundtrack and super atmospheric at the same time. One of my favorite cinematic scenes is this, uh, before they get to the Island, there's this chick who's like a new age chick. She's playing with tarot cards, you know? Yeah. She's like, ah, oh, it's all lighthearted. And she's like looking at their tarot cards. And there's a scene where like, it's real like unspoken, but she just stares at her tarot cards for a long time. And then she dumps them all over the edge because something told her she's, she's going to die. She's marked for death. So it's again, man, like exploitation, gore, it's got everything. There's no tits in that one, hmm. but, um, you can still jack to it, but there's no tits in it. I mean, you just got to imagine that their shirts are full of titties like I do with every everybody that I meet, really. All right, so let's start with uh, the ones that I watched. Uh, okay. And hey, you made it through quite a few then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did pretty good. Yeah, so I, I'm going to tell you that I, I liked them all. Um, I'll start with the first one that I watched, and that was Stage Fright. So yes, I uh, watched that today in preparation for our discussion. Okay, so this this movie, I had never heard of this movie. I had never seen this movie. It started out, and I thought, "What the fuck is he having me?" Watch? I thought it was Flashdance or something like that. You know, some <laughs> uh, some cop rock shit. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, about ten minutes into it, that's what it, that's what it took before I really got into it. I actually liked it, man. It was uh, uh, there were some good scenes, some good uh, kill scenes. Uh, the pickaxe to the it, mouth is probably my favorite. Oh, yeah. And did, did you not feel that uh, in terms of visual, like I think the killer in this film is one of the most disturbing things you've ever seen because it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they left. They, let, they went to the hospital. The killer uh, somehow escapes the hospital gets in the car it was it was uh it was michael myers ish you know the back seat uh they get yeah. to the place 
and uh, and he just fucking wreaks havoc. Uh, two cops sitting out in the parking lot the whole fucking time. You know, I, yep. it was kind of funny. Um, the killer's name was Irving Wallace, if I remember right. Look, that must be Irving Wallace in there. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, and it, j- just seeing, so it, it takes place at a. Uh, it's like a. They're getting ready to do like a play, like, like a big a musical theater place. And, yeah. Yeah, and the the killer's running around in an owl mask, and uh, <laughs> you know, like movie like Motel Hell, one of the big images was the pig mask and the chainsaw. For me, yeah, the owl mask and the chainsaw is just as disturbing because you, your brain says like this giant owl head should not be threatening, but it is. It's very ominous and uh, kind of beautiful it, it, to me. Like the film, the way it's shot, like it's an Italian slasher, so. It's like, like you said, it's very much like Halloween, except it's got that Italian swagger to it. You know, like the, this director, by the way, his name's uh, Michele Suave, and he is a disciple of Dario Argento. <laughs> and uh, so he, you know, if you like an Argento film, but you wish it was a bloody slasher, you kind of get this, I think. Um, great kill scenes, man. He drills, he drills through the door, right through the guy's fucking head. <laughs> That's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. That pregnant chick in it, he he rips her in half like she falls through the floor somehow, and he just, they just, they yeah, they're trying to pull her out of the floor, and they just pull her top half off. Yeah, <laughs> they pull up a stump. Yeah, there's also is there not also uh, uh, there's a scene where he drills through a guy's dick too. I don't remember that uh, one. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Now I'm wondering because I have uh, this. I'm wondering if the verge because there's a drill scene where it comes through the door. But I'm wondering if we don't have like two different edits because mine, he drills through the guy's dick. And I was like, holy shit, that's some symbolism there, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe I, um, it's the first one I watched. So maybe maybe it did go through the dick. I don't remember. I think I would remember the dick, but. Yeah, hmm. yeah. You always remember dick trauma. I mean, that's like the, <laughs> the moment. You're like, oh, fuck. But uh, there's a scene near the end of this that I, I think is my favorite part where the killer, uh, he's, he's killed everybody. And there, he's got him up on stage, and he like places them. <laughs> and this go, this goes back to your Italian beautiful cinema, you know. Like he's there, like admiring his handiwork, and a cat comes walking up and steps on a a trigger for a fan, and it blows feathers into the air. And it's this like he he's surrounded by dead bodies in his owl mask with feathers floating through the air. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the Italian cinematic perspective you know those guys are have a whole different take on things and uh like i love the american slasher i love an american slasher film you know i mean you put halloween there you put friday the 13th there but something about the way italians uh you know work with cinematography and symbolism and like it's and this director if anybody's a super big horror fan this dude went on to make the movie Cemetery Man, and uh, that's like a big hit. You know, like mm-hmm. I'd yeah. say that's his most famous film. Uh, but uh, I mean, this this movie is definitely one of my favorites, just for the imagery. A, a fucking a man in an owl head's <laughs> gonna chop you up with a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, one of the chicks in it had these had this weird bra on that she had these like big fake like tits they look like softballs in her bra (laughs) it was like they were shaped like that it was weird and my favorite line in the movie was those two dumb cops they were like one of them was like don't you think i look like james dean (laughs) like this (laughs) what the fuck uh yeah actually that was the first one i liked it dude 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think if it suffers from anything, and I, to me, it's not really even a, a setback, but like, it definitely comes from a time where, you know, if you watch American uh, slasher films, uh, the heroine, like the survivor girls, are always kind of like tenacious and smart. Yeah. Where in Italian, they're much more like operatic, where they'll cease the killer. And they'll become like frozen in fear, you know, or they'll scream and just stand there where it's a little bit more like I think, unfortunately, with Italian cinema or or fortunately, it's it's a lot more operatic. It's much more like it's almost like kabuki the way these people act. But that's what adds to the the quality to it, the weird, surreal quality Um, where even even in the end, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, even in the end, the the main survivor girl does not take out the killer. You know, it's done by some random guy. She meets some dude on a bicycle that she just meets and he shoots the guy in the head or whatever. But Um, actually it was, wasn't it, was it the janitor or something? I think he was, he's, you're right. He's the guy that got her the key that got her out of there in the first place. I don't know why they were locked in there to begin with. Like before the killer, they had to sneak out. That was kind of weird. I think it was like, was it not like the director? He's like this pretentious director and he's like, we're going to lock ourselves in here and <laughs> and we're going to drama until everybody gets it right or whatever. You know, yeah, it's just a reason to have people stuck in a place. But uh, I just love it. You know, the, the, the killer definitely has, it's just such a striking image. You know, if, if let's say I were from Italy, you'd be talking to like, you know, jason v from the owls right now like it's that <laughs> iconic that you just didn't get a sequel you know it's so so fucking cool <laughs> uh the the next one how about uh how about the void who are they there is something calling them all here i've seen this place before Become something remarkable. They did killings and sacrifices. They made people change. Nothing else matters now. It's not real. It's not real. This isn't the end. Oh yeah, this is a strange uh, one. Probably the newest thing. Yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah. 2016. Uh, uh, I liked it. It was a little. Um, it got a little it got a little nuts at the end man (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i put that on the list because i realized that i was spending too much time in the 80s (laughs) you like i didn't want to just because i don't i'm not one of those people that like would if i if we were going to discuss horror movies i'm not one of those guys that's like yeah they haven't made anything good since the 80s like i and i'm that way with music too i want new music I watch new music, I watch new movies, but you know, those movies, a lot of these movies are classics. And, uh, this one though, I think is a modern classic. It's, uh, it's by a director called Jeremy Gillespie. Who's part of a, he was part of a group called Astron six and they did a movie called father's day that trauma put out, but it's not a trauma movie. So it doesn't suck. Don't worry. But, uh, it almost made my list and I put dear God, no instead, but to me, like I like H.P. Lovecraft, um, and, and we're seeing a resurgence of Lovecraft right now, actually. But I'm a big, uh, you know, I like H.P. Lovecraft and the unknown. And again, for me, it's a lot. It's visual, you know, like 
there's a scene in this movie where these cultists are outside of this hospital and they're all wearing like robes with a triangle for a face. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was just incredibly weird and disturbing. It's the creepiest thing in the movie. Not even any of the killing, nothing like that. Those guys out there was uh, questionable whether or not I want to finish this movie. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, that's the thing like you know because this movie has a big creature effect you know but like i'm the same way for me the thing that stuck with me was this image of like i don't know what these people want why are there so many and uh i also i think i kind of appreciate that this film does not pander to the audience in that it's like we're going to explain everything (laughs) they they don't Yeah, it just kind of says, yeah, that was fucking weird, and you're never going to know why. And I, I like that, the, you know, because there are so many things that try to do Lovecraft, but H.P. Lovecraft, a big part of that is the unknown. There's a there's a Lovecraft story, I think it's called The Shunned House, where uh, these guys go in the house, there's some evil, like, presence, it's killing people, and they start digging and digging and digging, and they, they dig up, there's a creature dead and buried under the floor right and all they ever see is the creature's elbow and that's enough to know like we got to burn this thing and fucking move on and they never tell you who the creature was what it was you only see its elbow and that's the kind of thing that the void does it says like yeah here's something weird but we're not going to explain it and uh, some people may say that's a downfall of like poor writing but to me i don't need you to tell me like same thing with fucking like you're going to bring a Leatherface sequel and tell me how he got the mask and the chainsaw. I don't need to know that. That ruins <laughs> Leatherface for yeah. you. You know, you just just give me the horror and move on. Hey, motherfuckers. It's Jay Prozac, and you're in the dummy room. All right. Um, where to go next? How about uh, how about the blood on Satan's claw? When the grave of the devil is disturbed by the plow, the satanic essence of evil wreaks violent and revolting revenge. But it weren't human, sir. There were fur. Then it was an animal's remains. It were more like some fiend. And the evil grows quickly. Attacking first the youth of the village and making them the devil's children. Alf, look, look. Oh, God, I prayed I'd never see that again. That's what they call the devil's skin. Oh, you and you managed to find this one. That's it's not an easy one to find. I, yeah. I that started out, it was, uh, I, I you know, it was kind of like, uh, Pride and Prejudice, that movie. <laughs> I was like, "What <laughs> yeah. is this? This this?" Because I've seen that movie, and I thought eh, that movie sucked. Uh, this this one can't be any worse, and it wasn't. So, <laughs> no. Um, hey, I'll tell you something about Pride and Prejudice real quick, right? So I used to date a girl, and she was a big Pride and Prejudice fan, right? So she made me watch Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> right? And uh, I was like, "I don't want to fucking watch Pride and Prejudice, but we'll watch it." So I watched it. And I was like, you know what? That was good. I bought into these characters. And then she started telling me, Nate, about there's a sequel. There are sequel books to Pride and Prejudice. Yes. But she was like, yeah, man, the sequel, 
what's that guy's name? Mr. I don't know. Dar- Darcy or something? In, yeah, Mr. Darcy. She's yeah. like the sequel talks about Mr. Darcy and so-and-so having sex. And then she goes the rest of the day with his cum dripping down her leg. And I was like, <laughs> that's fucking totally the wrong tone for Pride and Prejudice. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Mr. Darcy coming on somebody. So I I now have some prejudice against the sequels to Pride and Prejudice because I'm like, that movie shouldn't be about coming in a girl. Like, I mean, <laughs> is nothing sacred? And this is me saying this, man, but I don't want to know about Mr. Darcy's come. So anyway, yeah, go on. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I interrupted you with Pride and Prejudice come story. Oh, no. I This, this movie was... It, it was kind of the same era. That's what I thought of. This was a this was a slow movie for me. It was hard uh, t- to watch all the way through. But um, yeah, there was a, yeah. a, a rather disturbing rape scene. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember. There's a scene. The what's a girl's name? Angel. She was a real bitch. Angel. <laughs> yeah, she is. What you know, like. Um, where this one, I think, uh, and there have been times where, uh, people will ask me like my favorite horror movie and it always changes. But sometimes I say this one because, uh, again, this is like, uh, if, if somebody like maybe liked something like the witch, um, or a movie like the Vincent Price movie, Witch find a general, this is like folk horror. And it's, uh, the basic premise is these kids in this village, uh, this takes place after the fucking, uh, the, the, I guess it's the Renaissance, the awakening it takes place. Once they've said, we're not going to burn witches anymore. We're enlightened. We're not going to persecute people for being non-Christians. And so after that time is kind of, we're past that stuff. These kids are out, you know, working in the fields and they dig up this thing, you know, is it a demon? Is it a devil? We don't know, but Anybody who comes into contact with it is affected in that, like, they start growing hair on certain parts of their body. And uh, what we find out is, spoiler alert, in the end, these the, the devil himself is manifesting in different parts of these bodies. So, mm-hmm. like, if I, I touched it and I got a furry toe... Well, I got to sacrifice that and give it to the devil. And then, you know, one guy, my favorite scene, this guy gets an entire furry fucking claw arm and he wakes up in the middle of the night and it's choking him and he hacks it off, not realizing it's his own. And so, yeah, that girl, (laughs) Angel, is a total bitch. She becomes like the ringleader. She's demon possessed and she's bringing all the kids in the village in and uh, they have to send out an old school inquisitor, like a fucking witch finder general to take care of the fucking devil. And uh, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Fucking weird movie. Yeah. Angel gets naked. And she accuses the, uh, the priest or the, the father, whatever he is of, uh, you know, touching her or whatever. Um, there is, yeah, yeah. there is a scene where they, they cut off, you know, Satan's skin off that leg of that girl. Yeah, that's a hard watch for yeah. me. I was like, I was a little cringy on that one. <laughs> yeah, it was gross. And and you <laughs> the, some weird facts about this movie too, man. You know, you mentioned like there's a a pretty like a, a pretty like mean spirited rape scene with these two village boys, and they rape this girl. But uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, I don't know how much of a science fiction nerd you are, but that girl prior to that was on Doctor Who. She was Doctor Who's companion. Hmm. And, uh, she, I've heard interviews with her where she was like, yeah, man, I just wanted to break out of the goody two shoes mold and do a fucking rape movie. (laughs) And (laughs) so 
she was like, yeah, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to do something that said like, hey, I'm not just the Doctor Who girl. But it was very controversial because it's a British movie, you know, and yeah. they were heavily censored over there. Um, the other thing that I find interesting about this is this is one of the very few movies that paints like the church in a non-pervy light. Like, because like you said, Angel gets naked and tries to seduce this priest or the, you know, this reverend guy, yeah. and he's like, put your clothes back on. I am a man of the cloth. You never see that. You never see a movie where it's like, we need the church to come in and save the day. Usually <laughs> they're horrible people. Yeah. So I find that interesting. And I guess, uh, you know, they, they even rewrote the end of this movie because the writers were like, you know, we kind of want good to triumph. And uh, so it's, I just find it interesting, but it's just, I, I almost think it's a perfect film in terms of tone and atmosphere. It is a slow burn, but um, the only thing I had a problem with, you tell me if this was a problem for you, when it comes to Angel, for whatever reason, this girl's a great actress, but they put this stupid dorky makeup on her to make her have weird eyebrows, and it's <laughs> like she didn't need it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, thought the, I thought the reverend guy, I thought he was going to go for it, man, because she was like do you think I'm pretty? And he's like, yes, you're pretty, but you must leave. I thought for sure it was going to happen, but he yeah, stayed, uh, he stayed, yeah. he stayed true to his faith, man. But no, very I, rare it's, in a horror movie. It's a slow watch. It's, it's super creepy. Um, yeah, it was good though. I liked it. Yeah. Atmosphere. Uh, I, I like, you know, I like movies with a lot of atmosphere. I don't like anything in the middle. I either want, something that's incredibly slow paced and atmospheric or I want buckets and buckets of blood. You know, it's the <laughs> same way with, it's the same way with anything. Like if I'm watching an action movie, I want everybody's head to explode or I want tactical espionage. Same thing with porno. I either want the biggest dick or the tiniest dick and the biggest tits <laughs> and the smallest tits. I don't want anything in between lowest quality or highest quality. That's all I will accept. All right. Um. So we got we got three left here, and uh, I guess we'll, let's let's go with uh, the one that I had seen before, and I rewatched it. The Burning. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. The Burning. This yeah. is, uh... Yes. Uh, what year was this, 81? This is a great movie. Great movie. Um, it, it, it's Friday the Thirteenth meets Meatballs. That's all I can say. You know, it really <laughs> is. It's, yeah, it, it's funny. It's, yeah. it's it's actually more of a comedy. I think. You know, I laughed, but um, it's like you got George Costanza in a movie. You can't take it too seriously. Finally, my stupidity pays off. Uh, Mark Ratner's in the movie from Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even realize that. He's the he's the guy that he's the creepy one that uh fucks with that girl in the shower and then uh everyone's like that guy's like trying to beat him up and shit. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. I didn't. I didn't. You know. I didn't even place him from that film. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the movie is. Uh, it's. It's a summer camp movie. The. 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 The guy is burned up. I. I don't know how many years prior to that he comes back to kill, and uh, he does. He. He unleashes hell on this. On these kids. My favorite scene, man, is that. Uh, when he, he he lets the canoes go or whatever he does with the canoes and they have to build a raft yeah. and they build yeah. the raft and those those four or five kids on the raft hey there's a canoe and they're getting closer to the canoe and they're like all happy and you 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 figure <laughs> that girl's in there that girl he killed her he put her in the canoe they're going to get scared well he's in the fucking canoe and he just yeah. he just goes to town and chops them up and it's a fucking bloodbath and it's it's just I've yeah. never that's a that's a very memorable scene because it's it's completely opposite of what you expect. Yeah, and that was the scene actually. Uh, you know, my my watching and and like love of horror cinema came like when I was real young, like eight or nine, because my I didn't have any supervision in my house at the time, and my <laughs> sister let me watch some terrible Texas Chainsaw Massacre and shit. So I was off to the races. Well. In like, you know, movie trading and movie collecting circles, I always heard about the burning. And I must, like I said, I like slashes. And I kept hearing people say, man, there's this movie called The Burning and there's this raft scene. And I heard it for years and I could never track the movie down. So when I finally found The Burning, I was waiting for the raft scene. And when something's built up so long, it's very rare that it lives up to it. And then I yeah. saw the raft scene and it was everything I ever wanted. And there's this amazing, you know, the raft scene happens and Cropsy, the killer, he, his weapon of choice, garden shears, also Jason's weapon of choice in part five. So, and I, I will say for the record, this is a better movie than any Friday the 13th, but Cropsy stands up out of the raft and he holds his shears above his head and it's perfectly lit by the sun behind him. And then it's just hack and slash. And when it's all done, you zoom in on this kid's, you know, dead kid's arm and blood drips down the arm, down the finger. And then the screen fades to red. And I always imagine this, this is like this director, you know, this guy is a fucking genius. He's a, he's a visionary, you know? Well, I end up, watching an interview with this guy i think his uh, name is paul lynch i could be wrong but watch an interview with this guy and they said oh that's a very you know interesting choice you faded to red there and he said oh that was my only option other than black so i faded to red and i thought like oh okay i guess he's not a cinematic genius he just that's what he had to work with but uh i think this is uh for me um a perfect slasher film there's never been one that will ever outdo it the prowler comes close um but it's perfect because all the kids feel real. Like the kids, like you said, like I could watch a whole movie that was just about the campers in this movie because they're that entertaining. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just it has so much to offer. And the soundtrack is by Rick Wakeman from that band. Yes, that band sucks. But Rick Wakeman's a fucking badass. And that soundtrack is amazing. I loved I love this movie. You're right. This is better than any Friday the 13th. The, what, the yeah. thing about the raft scene is it's so intense. But what I what really makes the movie is the raft comes back later on, of course, yeah. <laughs> where they're waiting for the the people to come back, and they're like, "Hey, it's the raft. What what are they doing? What's on the raft?" And that 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 chick, poor yeah. chick, she she <laughs> swims out there, and it's like, "Oh no, 
And uh, that's a scene. But uh, uh, my favorite line in the movie is in the very beginning with the nurse. Or I don't know if he's a nurse. He's an orderly of some sort at that hospital, that black guy. <laughs> and he's like trying to get that doctor to come look at the at at the at the at the guy and he's like he's cooked like a fucking big mac that's the line that must have been before big macs were microwaved i guess <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, I like i said it's it's got a meatballs feel where it's 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 that kind of just the summer camp. It's it's not even scary throughout. It's very entertaining. Yeah. You you love the characters, especially George Costanza's character. You know, partially because you love George Costanza, but it, it, he's hard to escape. You know, he he'll never escape that role. So you see that happening, and it's like you you root for that guy, and it's like God, I hope they don't kill this fucking guy. And then yes, exactly, uh, exactly. That's what makes a good slasher is, you know, if you're gonna slaughter teenagers in a movie. To do it right, you have to build up to where you earned it. When these kids die, you're like, oh, man, fuck. I, you know, it's kind of a tragedy. And I think with this killer, what separates him from Jason is, uh, and I will say I'm an expert on this portion. With Jason, there's this element of tragedy and irony and like, you know, man, he's just, he deserved it. But with Cropsy or, you know, like. Like kind of like he was something was taken from him. But with Cropsy, the killer in the burning, he was always an asshole. He was a sadist. <laughs> and when he yeah. comes back, this movie is probably more mean spirited than any slasher because it's like he the first thing Cropsy does when he's out of the hospital is he goes and he finds a hooker and he just kills her. And it's like, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want to if you want to go back and watch that scene, by the way. The effects in this movie are done by Tom Savini, but when he uh, when Cropsy stabs this hooker with a pair of scissors, if you slow it down when he pulls them away, you can see that the scissors are just blunt. There's no end to the scissors. The little Easter egg you can find, but like this movie earns it because I love all of those kids. Like if those kids came to Crystal Lake, they would all survive because they're cool. Like <laughs> a lot of slasher movies don't earn it. And uh, the burning really earns it. And the one weird thing about it, I don't know if you've ever seen much of this before. I certainly haven't. I've watched a million slashes. Is the end of this movie, there is a survivor boy. There's not a survivor girl. The last guy alive is like a young boy. That's very strange for a slasher movie. You don't have that. <laughs> um, that's Ratner. Mark Ratner survives oh, so that. that. Yeah. Dude, yeah, okay. Wow. And he's the guy that gets kind of picked on throughout the movie because he... he he was peeping in on the shower, you know. Yeah. Uh, I thought for, I wanted him to live because Mark Ratner. I love that guy from Fast Times, and I thought yeah. for sure he spends like I don't know a good twenty minutes running from this fucking dude and yeah. uh, hiding out, and he actually gets captured and yeah. and tortured a little bit, but he he walks away. There's another character in this movie that I love called Glazer, and he's just like a big dumb jock guy, and uh, yeah. There's a scene where he's trying to get this girl to have sex with him, and he's just like, come on, Sally, we'll just do it. It'll feel real good. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. And then it's like one second later, and they're done, and she's like, yeah, you didn't give me much to fucking warm me up. Like, she just totally, he just never lived up to his tough guy attitude. You know, it's just like, yeah. and that's it. They just feel, these kids feel so real. Even him, he's like the big asshole of the camp. But in that moment when he's totally, you know, 
had sex with a girl for the first time and blew it literally, you're like, oh man, I, you're a dumb asshole. I feel bad for you. You know, like you can relate even to that kid. So, oh, and uh, what's the, there's like another famous dude in this too, right? Fisher Stevens. Is that the dude from like Hackers or something? I, I've heard people say I don't that. Know. I don't the guy know. who plays Woodstock, I think, I don't, I've never seen that movie. The guy who plays Woodstock went on to do something too. Hey, 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 will you all please shut the fuck up and just keep paddling? Hey, That's a, a classic, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the last two I had never seen before. I don't know how I had never seen uh, this movie, but uh, Satan's Little Helper. A time of make-believe. He is going to be so scary. Dressing up like the devil is part of the game. He really is a Satan, right? For one little boy. Where are you going? To find Satan. The devil. What's with all the Satan stuff? Oh, your dad got in this video game. Is real. Are you Satan? Can I be your helper? When he brings the devil home, his family pays the price. This could be our secret door to hell. Mom, help me, Alex! Child's game. For this you shall die. He's about to become a terrifying reality. Oh, this boy! This Halloween. Yes! The devil you know is dangerous into this aren't you the devil you don't know don't go out there will kill you this oh. might be the funniest movie i've ever seen <laughs> it is it is hilarious uh I, I i don't i don't know certainly not a scary movie no um this this stupid ass fucking kid he basically he's <laughs> he plays a video game where he, i don't know he's like satan in the game and he you know he kills he runs people over with you know whatever he's running down the street and whatever uh basically meets satan and uh he he's too fucking dumb and he has <laughs> satan uh do to where satan ends up doing a bunch of shit for him and yeah uh, he's yeah. uh i picked this because i know this was like a halloween episode and this is like for me this is maybe my favorite halloween film it takes place on halloween and it also has uh I, you know it, it, i really like uh a sarcastic satirical take on the world today and that's what this is like the kid's obsessed with a video game where he plays satan's little helper and then it just so happens that there's a crazy maniac wandering the neighborhood in a Satan costume at Halloween, killing people. <laughs> and so the little kid's like, hey, Satan, I want to be your helper. And the, the, the killer is like, well, fuck, let's do this. So the killer never unmasks, but he and the kid go on a nope. killing spree. And the whole time, this doofus little kid <laughs> thinks that he's playing a game with Satan. He's being his helper. So he even participates in the murder of his own father. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Cause he's like, he's like, Hey, Satan cut his guts out. Yeah. Instantly comes out and just hacks him. Um, my favorite scene is the, uh, the shopping cart scene where the kids in the shopping cart, you know, dressed in his devil costume and Satan's pushing him and yeah. he's like, Hey, it's a crippled guy. Yeah. And then they hit him and Hey, it's a, you know, it's a blind guy. Ah, I laugh so hard, man. Yeah, I you know, it's amazing like how many terrible things this kid does. Like it's a child <laughs> murdering people, but because of the tone of the film, he, it, they get away with it. Like the kid fills other children's candy with prescription medications cuz Satan tells him to. 
<laughs> and he kills all these trick-or-treaters that are his age, but the tone of the movie negates that, you know? It's like you said, yeah. it's like it's like a comedy, but it's also very grim. And uh, I this, this is a film, too. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any of this director's other films. This guy's name is Jeff Lieberman, and he's, a, again, like a legitimate filmmaking genius. He hasn't done many films. He did a film called Squirm. Blue Sunshine, this, a movie called Stay Tuned. I think that's all he's ever done, but every one of them is above and beyond something you normally see. Oh, I'm sorry. And he did a, like a quintessential like redneck wood slasher movie called Just Before Dawn. That might be his best movie, but... Um, okay. Stay Tuned, is, if that's, is that the uh, John Ritter film? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's that movie is great. Uh, just if you've never seen Stay Tuned, that's it's not a scary movie, but... Yeah, that, just that like is, uh, uh, this director did that same movie. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, I, the thing about this movie is that this kid, I mean, he, he's so stupid. Even at the end, when he learns that it's not, you know, that it's real, he he prays to God. And then the guy comes back dressed as Jesus. Yeah. And the kid's like, are you Jesus? Oh, you can't talk to me. It's like, dude, yeah. it's the same guy, man. <laughs> and and you know that's what i like about this movie you know is like i think that you know on the surface level there's a lot going on but when you look at it and the director is basically saying to you like i am you know jesus and god same guy i mean really like it's like there's a lot of commentary that you can take there's some commentary on how we get obsessed with video games and violence in video yeah. games but obviously this director's not condemning violence in video games because he he's okay with violence in movies so i i just you know it's really below the surface a brilliant movie but you don't have to go below the surface to have fun with it and uh i mean that mask that devil mask that is a thing that is like to me one of the great like horror movie masks i've never been able to find one myself even i did talk to the director one <laughs> time and was like listen how can I get one? And he's like, it was made for the movie and it's gone now. <laughs> you know, so, hmm. but uh, yeah, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's weird. It's a perfect Halloween movie. Also the killer is murdering people and then just setting their bodies on the porch and writing happy Halloween yeah. in their blood. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like staging him on that porch. Like when he thinks he kills Alex and he puts him there and like, he looks around, he picks up that pitchfork and kind of sets it in his lap, you know, yeah. like he's some sort of scarecrow or something, but yeah, uh, the other thing about um, the movie that was used twice was the old uh, put the mask on somebody else and then people kill him. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, hey, he's dead now. And it's like, no, he's not dead. And they did that twice in that movie, back to back. And uh, both times it's just like you just shake your head and just think, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the like all of the, the characters in this movie um, are like purposefully stupid. Like everybody, the kid, his parents, his sister, his sister's dorky boyfriend. Um, yeah, they're all so stupid. And I, I, you know, that's very much by design. It's not like a bad writing thing. It's like you people are so dumb. And, and if you want to go even another level deep in the final scenes of the movie, you know, he, they, Jesus comes back as a police officer, right? Is am yeah. I not? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, they, it's just kind of like so much going on in this movie that, um, 
I just think it's worthwhile watch uh, for Halloween. And I usually, if I'm going to get into the Halloween mood, I will watch uh, this movie. This is one of those movies I kind of turn to. I have some movies and some bands that during this season, I'm like, I need to listen to those guys or I need to watch this. So, uh, yeah, I, I love this one, man. And I, I, if you're listening and you're bored for Halloween, you could like watch any Jeff Lieberman movie and they all offer something very, very cool and very different. The guy's a fucking genius and he hasn't made enough movies. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie is definitely going to be on the list of uh, mandatory Halloween watches because it is it's more it's to me, it's more funny. You know, it's not scary at all. It's just. No. I just never heard of this movie, so yeah, um, it, it went under the radar for sure. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad you dug it, man. I, I it's one that I try to share with people because I just it seems like nobody knows about it, and it's streaming yeah. right now. You can like I think it's what Amazon or one of those places you can watch it. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the last one is a is a zombie movie, and I love zombie movies. Actually, I love all the of the deads. I loved The Walking Dead. I stopped watching it at some point, but I, I love zombie movies. I had never seen this movie. It's called Burial Ground. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened. This movie, somehow, I um I started watching the wrong movie. Oh, no. I don't know how I did it. I, 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 I think I just YouTubed it, and I was watching. I watched half of a movie called... Um, Oh, what the fuck was it called? The the ogre. Oh, and I was like, this movie sucks. And yeah. and I got halfway through, and I read the first comment. Finally, after watching it, and it says, "This is not burial ground. This is the ogre." And I'm like, "Are you fucking serious? No wonder why <laughs> this movie sucks." So <laughs> I felt like an idiot, but uh, I I did watch Burial Ground, um, Italian movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's uh the 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 zombies are uh. You know, there's there's not a lot of uh, there's no indication of why they're coming back. There's no acid rain, nothing like that. They're just coming back. Yep. And uh, they're creepy as fuck looking. They are in a weird like. I agree with you, and like it's almost like they're creepy in a weird like artificial Halloween mask way, where it's like it doesn't look like a dead person. They almost have like almost an otherworldly look and. What makes that look, I think, completes it is the maniac, you know, Italian filmmakers, the special effects guys were like, well, let's just glue maggots to their faces a lot. Let's just glue (laughs) maggots to the mask, you know, and these are like, these are some slow zombies, man. I mean, like, they they barely move. Um, And I, you know, I think probably also why you found the ogre instead of this is, this is another one of those movies where like it's an Italian movie and what they used to do with Italian films is they'd be like, Hey, what's popular? Well, and they did this with the ogre. Like, so like, uh, Argento produced, uh, or direct, I'm sorry. I think he produced these movies called, uh, demons, demons one and two. And then they were like, yeah, what's popular? Oh, demons are popular. Well, we're just going to rename the ogre to demons three, the ogre, even though it's not related, let's try to cash in. So I would say somewhere along the line, this was probably also maybe released uh, that the ogre was probably released as like burial ground too, or some crazy shit because 
they did a lot of that stuff, you know, um, like this is called burial ground here. I think some places it was called nights of terror. I think this is nights of probably, terror. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the, there is not another movie like this because this also has a midget who's about 40 playing a little boy who is, Oh my God. Wants to have sex with his mom. <laughs> This, this, this is the, this is, you nailed it. I mean, this is why this movie fascinated me because it has the most, the end scene is the most disturbing thing I've ever watched. <laughs> but when he is, cause he's a weird kid anyways, but when he, at one point he's like, he, <laughs> I don't know who he reminds me of, but he's like, mommy, mommy, <laughs> yeah. mom, mom, mommy. And he starts feeling up his mom and she's like, huh? and he's like, I just, I just want to suck on breast or something like that, you know? And it's like, what the fuck? And she pushes him away. You know, she's like, she's normal, you know? Oh, mama, I love you so much. I need to feel you near me. I need to touch you. When I was a baby, you always used to hold me to your breast. I loved your breast so much, mama. Michael! What's wrong? I'm your son, Michael. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, and then fast forward, you know, twenty, thirty minutes, and uh, basically the kid, (laughs) he he's he becomes a zombie. She's, you know, she's not having it, so she she embraces him with a hug. She immediately, ha. pulls the shirt down and he latches onto that boob <laughs> and and right there i'm i'm instantly uncomfortable i know what's gonna happen yeah and yep. i'm cringing man and once it does it's like the special effects it doesn't help it you know i don't need the special effects to be great like they were yeah, i right. that was a hard scene to watch but he completely tears that tit right apart oh yes darling like when you were a baby. Go ahead, darling. I know you want to. You used to love it so. Oh. Just that nipple yeah. comes right off. <laughs> and there's a fountain of that beautiful Italian blood, which compared to like a United States, like the way we make blood here for horror movies, at least in the 80s, Italian blood is technicolor red. But it also, <laughs> something about that has an even better cinematic feel to me. Because like he rips off the tit and it, it's like a fountain, a fountain of yeah. Italian technicolor blood. And yeah, there's just like, if there's anything to make you uncomfortable, it's a midget that looks like he's wearing a toupee that looks like Michael Berryman from The Hills Have Eyes with a voice dub that's clearly like, I don't know, maybe a woman or I don't know. It's like all these elements together just equal weird. And, uh, you know, and then he's sucking on his mom's tit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this... This movie's got it, man. It's got that special something where there's not a movie like this out there. Um, nope. There's the gore scenes are great too. Like there's one of the most 
violently disturbing uh, decapitations with a sickle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, the soundtrack as well, man, I don't know if you picked up on it, but it's like a weird, like, synthesizer just playing random, like, almost like Atari Space sound. music. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it, that's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Or heard, I should say, in a movie. Because it didn't yeah. fit. It was like they got the wrong fucking background music here. Yeah, and every it's like uh, I I these movies in some ways, especially the Italian shit and especially Burial Ground, they were poorly made in certain ways. Like in terms of dialogue, it's terrible. But and music and tone and the midget, but it all translate and translates into this surreal feel. Like there's a point where this girl and her dorky boyfriend are making out, and a zombie is coming at the slowest pace towards them crawling <laughs> yeah. and she looks at the zombie and she goes oh mark oh i'm terrified mark like, <laughs> like that but something yeah about this movie all of that stuff you know it it makes it you know and these are again the scenes where the, these dudes are like the zombies are eating entrails they're just eating cow guts that's how they did it in the 80s they would in it in Italy, they'd go to the butcher shop. They would get fresh intestines and like, all right, you guys need to pretend you're eating it. So all of that also kind of you know goes into it. Um, but yeah, it's just like they don't make movies like this anymore. This is another one where like both the girls and the guys will get so scared that they're like frozen in fear and they'll just stand there and scream <laughs> for ten minutes yeah. until the zombies get them. Um, and again, it's also a ripoff. Like this is like, they were trying to make their version of Dawn of the dead or whatever, because yeah. at the end, you know, I don't know if you picked up on it, but the movie ends kind of abruptly and it just throws up some, like, it's like, it's their version of when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. But it's like, yeah. when the zombies come to life. People will die. Prophecy of the black spider, whatever, who gives a shit? Just put something <laughs> up there and just move on, you know? But uh, yeah, it's a very abrupt ending. Nobody lives. It's, yeah. it's over. Yeah. The, my favorite line is the the girl that you're talking about that they're making out on the, in, in the field or whatever. But prior to that, he's taking her picture. She's like a model and she's like, uh, he's like, ah, oh, you're, you're so beautiful. She's like, I should get a raise. And he's like, oh, I'm going to give you a raise, but it has nothing to do with money. <laughs> like the corniest line ever. And somehow it works really good. It's, maybe that's the first time it was ever used. I don't know, but it was, it was great. I mean, I might try that one day. I don't know. That's a good, that's a pretty good line. But uh, I, if you say you're going to give somebody a raise and it has nothing to do with money, you have to be able to back it up. And uh, I don't he know. He tried. He got eaten, man. Or he got, yeah, he almost got eaten at least. He probably, as he was getting eaten, he was he was probably like, "Thank God she won't have to see my small dick." And no, I can't give her a raise. I, <laughs> but you know, like, dude, that's why there are so many Italian movies on my list is because they did something back in the eighties. They all did it. It was like, what's popular in America? We're gonna make our version of that, and that's what Zombie Two is. That's what this is. That's what, to some degree, Anthropophagus is. But the crazy thing is. These guys that did that ended up making accidentally making better films than we made in the United States because something about Italian horror in the 80s is just there were a lot of masters that came from those times. And uh, 
they weren't working with much. They didn't have a lot special effects wise. They didn't, you know, it was all like just, a, a, it, I liken the Italian horror cinema of the eighties and the seventies to some degree to very much like, you know, punk rock in the eighties where like, you know, you've got a band like uh, black flag and they're just fucking, you know, hammering these songs with aggression and energy and the production's kind of shitty and like, the fucking guitars on Black Flag. What the fuck is he doing? Well, he's doing what he knows how to do, and it's unique, yeah. and there's nothing like it. And like this is like Italian horror cinema, even above American horror cinema, is like that's the punk rock of horror movies because you know they didn't have the money to work with that American directors did, but what they had was fucking ingenuity, and I respect that. You know, I think if you're looking at a a great time in horror cinema in the United States, it's probably in the seventies because you've got, you know, like Texas chainsaw massacre, like real guerrilla filmmaking shit. Italy was a little bit later, but I mean, you, you find directors like uh fucking Lucio Fulci, Mario Bava, Lamberto Bava, all these dudes um, that were working back in the day. And it's just like, it's a treasure trove. Once you find a director of one of these films, like google their name and you are likely to just find amazing shit i mean there's just like that's where i go for my like if i'm gonna watch a horror movie it's usually some sort of like american slasher probably uh but over top of that italian horror cinema they did the best cannibal movies they did the best zombie movies the best slashers like it's all there art films dario argento i could go on forever i could go on forever but you know uh, and there's nudity in this one too, so. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, the she uh, she finds the lingerie in the I don't know the attic or something, and she's like, "This must have belonged to his mistress." And he's like, "Maybe he wore it." Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that actress, I wish I knew what her name was, but uh, she's like in this movie. She's like, I, she's probably in her fifties, I think, at that time. I know she was older. I've seen interviews with her, but like, she is one of the the sexiest italian milfs of all time uh and her you know, name I, is uh, uh i'm gonna butcher this name maria angela okay i don't yeah, know I, that's how maria angela giordana, giordana okay yeah i was gonna say i wonder because a lot of these actresses also and directors had like weird like pseudonyms that were trying to make them sound american like uh I think uh, Vincent Dawn is one that you see a lot that is uh, an Italian horror director name that's just like they were like Dawn of the Dead, Vincent Dawn, there we go, I'm an American. Because they were really like American cinema was making such a splash in Italy that uh, they were trying to sort of replicate that. Like, uh, I don't know if you're a sci-fi fan, but you can find the Italian version of Predator uh, it's called Robo Hunter. You can, I think Robo Hunter, Robo something. You can find the Italian version of Alien mixed with fucking Terminator Two. Like they were the kings of that shit. You know, they were just ripping <laughs> it off and making their own versions. And uh, luckily now, like there's these different companies like fucking like Vinegar Syndrome and uh, uh, Severin Cinema releasing a lot of shit like that that you couldn't get before. Like I know Severin Cinema who sucks at shipping, but whatever. They make good. They put out good movies. They just put out a movie called Cruel Jaws, and it was just a fucking Jaws ripoff. Like they kind of used footage from Jaws as a, a, at times, and from other movies. So, 
sometimes your best horror movies and exploitation movies are like, man, these guys really, you know, were just kind of shysters, but oops, we made a great movie. And that is burial ground for sure. <laughs> yeah. I loved it, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what we didn't do? What's that? We didn't, uh, <laughs> we played a, we played a black Russian song, but we didn't yeah. play any of fucking new Jason's dude. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's how it works, man. If if you get me on here talking about fucking horror movies or no, it's cool. But usually it, the way we work is if I'm gonna play it at the end of the episode, I gotta tease it in the beginning, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, like, hey, yeah. you gotta stay tuned. I mean, that's how we get people to listen to these things is play something good at the end. But we didn't tease it, so uh, hopefully they stuck around long enough to hear uh, a song from the split called Red Donna. this song dude it's another oh, uh, it's another banger from the jasons um yeah so obviously it's it's tell us about red donna um you know what like so uh we're friends with uh covert flops um 
I that's another oh, yeah. band. Like I uh I would hold them up there with Black Russians too, man. Like, you know, I said we we like what the Black Russians are doing. We respect the Black Russians. Uh, even though we got to destroy them, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of covert flops too. And um, there's a little bit of uh, lineage and uh, connection, I guess you could say, there with you know some of the members in the Jasons. They're not in that band, and uh, I, I know people are going to say we're also for real, like broken kayfabe and all. We're not, we're not in the Black Russians either. Just so people know, they're, they're their own separate band. But um, with covert flops, uh, I I always talk to Chad, their guitar player and stuff, and I, they're Lillington's, you know, worshippers at the altar of Cody Cody Lillington too, just like I am, just like Black Russians. But I, I I think at one point I was talking to him and I was like, man, you know, like in the Jasons, I'll never really get my opportunity to write my Cold War sort of anthem you know cold war shit like if i was in covert flops or one of those bands and that's definitely a thing i wanted to do i uh wanted to kind of play in that uh sandbox a little bit so when this black russian split materialized uh and by the way just so people know if you you know one thing about this black russian split is we didn't like record our side and then they recorded their side and it's whatever it is it is and we put it together like we got together in the fucking peace treaty with uh, john from mom's basement and we sat across on a zoom call from the fucking black russian 666 and hell hell gate and all those motherfuckers and we said like if we're gonna do a split let's make it seem like something that we planned like we're gonna have covers that match like we have a cover and they have a cover and it's reversible we're going to make sure that it's mastered at the same place. We're going to make sure that the songs complement each other. So like on one side, you have uh, their song, uh, Kill the Jasons. And on the other side, we have Kill a Kami <laughs> from Mommy. And those are directly responding to one another. And then for the B-sides, um, we really wanted to do something that was a little bit more of like a pop punk song. And because I'm the most clever songwriter uh, on the face of the earth, I thought about O'Donna and yeah. then I thought about Red Dawn. And so I thought Red Donna. So once I came up with that uh, title, I was like, I don't, I don't know anything about what this song is going to be, but I know that that title's good enough that it has to be a song now. So uh, that was my entry into Lillington's territory, even though it doesn't necessarily sound like a Lillington song, but that's okay. Because like I said, we constructed this record together with the black Russians and, uh, and like we didn't play on each other's songs, but we knew what we wanted. And we said like, well, the black Russians are great at Lillington's worship. So they're going to cover their side. And obviously you heard invasion USA that's worshiping the altar of uh, Cody Lillington. And then on our side, we wanted something real sappy and pretty and poppy. And I broke Jason 3d's heart. I said, Jason 3D is a soft-hearted guy, even though he, I always say Jason 3D is a, he got a soft heart and a hard dick because he likes naked girls and he <laughs> likes titties, but he's also got a soft heart. And I messaged him and I said, <laughs> "Hey man, I wrote this re- I wrote this song called Red Donna," and I said, "And it's gonna it's gonna get you in the feels when you hear this one line." And I sent him the song and he messaged me back and he's like, is it the part where you say Donna took a hammer and a sickle to my heart? And I was like, yeah, exactly. And he said, yeah, I, I wept. I wept, he said. And uh, so, yeah, that was it, man. We just we wanted to do something that felt like 
all the bases were covered. We have a song about them. They have a song about us. They do a Lillington's Worship. We do the more poppy thing. And then we also covered each other's songs. So we did. they did red-blooded American punk rock as red-blooded Soviet punk rock. And we did their song, A Blaze in the Soviet Sky, and we changed some of the lyrics. And those won't be available on the 7-inch. The those will be on the CD version. But um, yeah, man, it was really important for us to put out something that was a like one, one release, not... You know, uh, some of my favorite splits, you know, with bands that I love, uh, I'll, I'll say like there's a, a Manges McCracken split and I love that split. Um, I've listened to it a million times, but it definitely feels like two bands had two separate things and they put them together. And I always wanted That's, to feel yeah. like, you know, something different. So, and I would say, you know, whenever we do splits in the future that's what we want you know we want something that's like hey you're getting these two bands together working on something and i mean like black russian 666 and uh myself were like you know we were in contact the whole time uh even though we knew we would have to destroy each other one day but uh <laughs> you know it was important to us to to do something that was cool so um yeah, even even down to the colors of the vinyl, we knew right away. We were like, we knew what colors we were going to do. We knew everything. It was it's all been planned out. So, yeah. Well, hey man, it's 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 coming out soon. Uh, John's telling me that it's coming out like mid November, sometime in November, in a couple weeks, a few weeks. Who fucking knows? I don't know. Uh, it's coming out, uh, dude. I everybody knows it's 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 going to go fast. You know. Um, so so get on it right away john john puts together his pre-order packages everybody knows this um you'll see it i'll announce it more and uh i can't wait dude thanks for hanging a little bit uh the horror movies man uh i, I love horror movies but like i said i'm kind of a puss so i get a little <laughs> uh little on edge when i watch them but yeah they were they were great dude and uh i'll uh I'll have to have you back on on uh, Valentine's Day. Maybe we can talk <laughs> Valentine's movies. We'll yeah, talk love stories. L U V. All right, Jason V. Uh, thanks for hanging and uh, take care. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right, man. Take care. There you go, Jason V. Uh, dude never disappoints. I love that guy. Anyways, I love the Jasons. New records on Pro Rock. New records on Mom's Basement. Go get them. Uh, support these dudes. They're they're all good guys. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. This was episode 129. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. back this way. Huh. You're turning into a great little model. Then I deserve a raise in pay. You're getting a raise from me, all right, but it has nothing to do with money. <laughs>